Let's take our Bibles this morning. Please turn to 1 Corinthians, if you would, please. 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1 this morning. We've made our way through, uh, all the way through uh, the book of Romans. Praise God. I hope that was uh, an encouragement to you. Uh, this morning, I want to turn uh, to the book of 1 Corinthians. Uh, so we're just continuing uh, through the New Testament, but I believe that this is where the Lord would have us to be. I want to take a moment and just share uh, a little bit about uh, the book and uh, begin by comparing it uh, to Romans. Uh, it has been said that uh, Romans deals with the basis for Christianity. By the way, who is the basis for Christianity? It's the Lord Jesus Christ. That's it. Amen. It's, it's all about him, his death, his burial, his resurrection, uh, the salvation that we know in Christ and, and Christ alone. Uh, Romans, of course, uh, going think back to the beginning of the book, it, it's all about uh, everyone's need for uh, salvation and, and Christ as the answer uh, for everyone, the blood he shed, faith in him. So uh, Romans uh, deals with the basis for Christianity. Uh, one man said 1 Corinthians deals with the behavior of Christians. So and Romans teach you how to get saved, how to know for sure that you're forgiven. Uh, 1 Corinthians teach you how to behave uh, now that you're uh, a Christian. Uh, one man says Romans deals with the interpretation of the cross, whereas 1 Corinthians deals with the application uh, of the cross. 1 Corinthians is a very practical book. Uh, it's written to a church into uh, individual members of, of that church. Now, you know something about the book this morning. Is it, is it a perfect church that Paul's writing to, Janet? It's, it's not. It's a church that had a whole bunch of problems. How can there be a church in the New Testament that had a whole bunch of problems? Well, they all did, didn't they? Well, some of them are presented as doing better than others. But the Corinthian church, it was a church that had a lot of problems. And uh, I'm thankful this morning. Take a deep breath and ask you to consider this. Are you thankful this morning that God has an answer for every problem that we face? Do you know that to be true? Uh, I believe the Bible is sufficient. Amen. It shows us uh, our biggest problem, our, our sin, and it shows us the answer for our sin. Uh, it shows us problems that we, we struggle with as believers. It shows us the answers to those problems, God's answers. Uh, it shows us problems that churches have and church members have within churches. And it shows us answers to those problems. First Corinthians is a book like that. It's a practical book. Uh, it's a book uh, that we need. One man said in First and Second Corinthians, there is more practical details and scriptural instruction about the affairs of New Testament churches and the problems involved in being a church member than in all the other epistles of the New Testament. It's true. Uh, it's, it's a very practical book that deals with very practical problems. We'll try to keep it that practical as we make our way uh, through the book. Sure, another quote, one man says, I am more fully convinced than ever that there is need to emphasize the fundamental principles set forth uh, in these letters given by inspiration through the apostle to the Gentiles in order that Christians generally may be called back to the simplicity uh, in, in biblical exercise of biblical principles of, of the first churches. That's what we need. You know, sometimes I think we make things too hard, amen? We make things way too, all we need to do is open our Bible, find God's answers to our problems. Have you had a problem that you could not find the answer for in the Word of God? Sometimes we struggle, I know, to figure out exactly where the answer is, but boy, if you've been saved for long and if you've been uh, in your Bible for long, you've been studying your Bible for long, you've been in church for long, uh, I, I dare say this morning that you don't have a problem. You, you couldn't say, you know what, Pastor, I've got a list of problems that the Bible doesn't address. If you do have a list like that, come talk to me. Uh, I would love to be able to point you to uh, the Lord's solutions for the challenges uh, that we face. Would you stand with me, please? If you're able to, uh, I appreciate that, uh, in deference to the Lord and, and his words. I want to read this morning um, uh, the first portion of 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Uh, we'll read down through uh, verse 9 or so. Uh, here, uh, the Bible says, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, verse 1, uh, Paul is greeting uh, the church uh, there at Corinth, he writes, Paul, uh, called to be an apostle 
of Jesus Christ through the will of God. Uh, and so Sosthenes, our brother, he's writing uh, with Paul, or perhaps for Paul, uh, unto the church of God, that's to whom he's writing, which is at Corinth, uh, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. He writes in verse 3, encouraging them, grace be unto you, you all, and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. He says in verse 4, I thank my God always on your behalf. How encouraging. And for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ. How encouraging. Verse 5, that or so that in everything ye are enriched by him. How encouraging. In all utterance and in all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you. So that... Ye come behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall also confirm you unto the end, that or so that ye may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 9 says this, God is faithful by whom ye were called unto the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Uh, Paul's godly greeting this morning. Paul's godly greeting. Let's pray, please. Father, thank you, uh, Lord, so much for your word. Lord, we thank you for all of your words this morning. Thank you for the book of Romans, which we've completed. And Lord, thank you for this uh, next letter to the church members uh, there at Corinth. Father, we understand uh, that um, these words were uh, needful for that church at that time. And Lord, we understand that you've added this letter, uh, your words, to the canon of Scripture because this church, Long Hill Baptist Church, needs all of your words as well. So, Lord, I thank you this morning for the privilege uh, to begin studying through this book. I pray, Father, that you uh, will bless our time in this book. Lord, this, this pastor, this preacher needs your help uh, as we do that. I pray for it this morning. I pray that you would help me uh, to bring forth your words uh, clearly and accurately, and Lord, with the applications that you would desire uh, here in our church this morning. Lord, I pray that you'll work here now. Uh, Father, help us. Give us hearts to humble ourselves before you to receive your words uh, and to respond to them, Lord, just exactly as you uh, would have us to do that. Lord, I love you. I thank you. I ask you to work here now in these next few minutes. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Uh, uh, Paul's godly greeting. So this is, this is kind of a typical greeting that Paul would give to a church as, as he wrote to them. Uh, he's got a lot of problems that the Lord is going to have him address uh, but Brother Ray, he is, as he opens the letter, he, uh, he, he just reaches out with these wonderfully encouraging words, uh, godly encouragement this morning. May I ask you a question? Do you, do you need to be encouraged this morning? Church, could you use some encouragement? Sure we could. Uh, I'm thankful this morning you can open your Bible just about anywhere. And, and, and yes, you might, uh, you might feel the Lord's correction, but as you respond to that, you're encouraged. Amen. Uh, Paul, the Lord has a lot of correction for the church at Corinth uh, and no doubt for us at certain times in certain areas as well. But uh, Paul opens here with wonderfully godly encouragement uh, for this church that has so many problems uh, that, that he'll deal with in this letter. And so uh, I titled the message this morning, Paul's Godly Greeting, Paul's Godly Greeting. What I like to do uh, is give you a series of G's, okay? So points that begin with G's that help us kind of remember some of these things. And uh, my, my hope this morning is we'll, we'll begin uh, seeing some of these things here uh, this hour. Then we'll go downstairs, we'll have our lunch Plan to be back up here at 1.30 and, and uh, continue uh, in this same passage, kind of part two of this message uh, this afternoon at 1.30. And uh, don't plan to keep you real long this afternoon. I know whenever the pastor says that, Rich, it usually means you're going to be here forever, right? But my intention is it would not keep people here real long uh, this afternoon. So that's our plan uh, for the day. Um, sound good? Nobody wants to vote on it, right? Are there any objections? 
We're, we're all good? Uh, okay. Uh, number one this morning, once you see Paul's authority, your first G is God. Uh, just makes sense to me, Rich, the first G sh- should be God. Uh, Paul opens and, and he just makes it very clear that he's, he's ministering under the authority of God. He's writing to them uh, in accordance with God's calling uh, and the authority that God has given him as an apostle to, uh, to write God's words to this church. He's not just writing because he's heard there's some trouble. He's writing as the Lord has burdened him for this church, which, by the way, he, he was involved in planting. Uh, the Lord has uh, burdened him in his heart to pen down these specific words, right? We understand that uh, these, these books of the New Testament, they're inspired, they're given by the Lord word by word. They were captured down. They've been preserved supernaturally. Just as they were given supernaturally, they've been preserved supernaturally and translated wonderfully accurately in our, in our King James Bible. We praise God for that. Uh, This is God's words uh, given by the Lord to Paul uh, to pass on to the church at Corinth and preserved by God for us, uh, Long Hill Baptist Church and other churches like us as well. It's under God's authority that Paul is writing. See verse 1 again. He identifies himself, Paul. This is kind of the standard way that uh, letters would be written in the first century. We write a letter and then sign our name. Think about how letters were written in the first century. It makes more sense that you'd identify yourself then write. Right? Who's writing? Well, it's Paul. Paul, Paul, as he's received these words from the Lord, he writes, Paul uh, called to be an apostle of uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, He's a messenger uh, for the Lord Jesus Christ, and he's uh, he's performed his ministry. He's carried out his ministry up to this point uh, through the will of whom? What does it say, church? Through the will of God. He's a man who's yielded to God's will. Not just, uh, I used the word, the term freelance Christian or freelance Christianity last week. Not just doing his own thing, doing whatever he thinks he should do. Uh, no, he's an apostle called uh, by Jesus Christ. You, you remember that. He, he had this supernatural encounter with the Lord and uh, evidently uh, repent of sin, placed his faith in Christ, uh, became a new creature, was called ultimately uh, out of the church at Antioch to go forth and preach the gospel and where people got saved. He planted churches. That's the biblical model for uh, church planting. It's all been done according to the will of God. It's not Paul's plan. It's, it's the Lord's plan. He says, through the will of God. So he's writing to this church um, in accordance or as part of his ministry to Christ through the will of God. He mentions this man, Sosthenes, uh, our brother as well. I want you to consider just for a moment. Um, I know sometimes you, you start into these books and it's you were tempted to kind of skip over the first part. Oh, this is just Paul's typical greeting. We can kind of skip over that, get into the meat of the book. No, every word uh, is given by the Lord and, and we deserves uh, our attention. I'll read a verse like verse 1. I see Paul's referring to uh, his ministry as being of Christ and, and through the will of God. And, and Rich, I'm, I'm, I'm tempted, I'm, I'm moved to just stop and consider, hey, uh, am I ministering true Christ according to the will of God? Uh, is it really my heart to carry out my ministry uh, to Christ? As I minister, as I, uh, as I share the gospel, as I minister to brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, am I doing that with the intention uh, with the heart that I'm serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, church, won't you stop and consider that just for a second. Uh, whatever your ministry is, however you serve, uh, are you serving the Lord? Are you, is it your intention? Uh, are you thinking about, hey, I'm doing this uh, as part of my service uh, to my Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, or am I just kind of doing stuff that needs to be done? Or am I just kind of doing stuff out of habit? Uh, when we go out and share the gospel on Saturdays, by the way, I think it was a good call that we did not go out yesterday. Uh, you know, I, I, I get convicted, Brother Garcia. Uh, you know, oh, you know, because you could always find, we could all, I could always find an excuse not to go out, right? But 
uh, I think the wind chills were below zero. I think that really was dangerous. Pastor, the Lord could protect us. I know he could. I know he could, but it just felt wise that we not go out yesterday. It just felt wise, and that, that my intention was to be wise and, and protect you from harm. Amen? Uh, you know, the pastor would watch over the flock, and, I, and that, that's just part of wisdom in, in that regard, I think. Lord willing, we're going to be out, um, we'll be out next uh, Saturday. Uh, we'll be back in Bridgeport. Uh, that we're going to kind of keep on our calendar, even if we miss a week. Uh, but listen... Uh, those of you who go or, or those of you who share gospel tracts with people uh, throughout the way, keep doing that, please. Uh, do you do that with a heart to serve the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you intentionally uh, do that? Uh, Paul did. Uh, he, he, he recognized that he's serving as an apostle of uh, Jesus Christ. His heart in his ministry was, was to serve Christ. Yes, he's, he's serving this church by writing this epistle uh, as the Lord, as the Holy Spirit moved him to write these individual words, but he's not just doing that to do it and get it done. Hey, Sosthenes, write down these words and then let's get it to Corinth. He's doing it to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, I, think, I think it's easy sometimes to get discouraged or, or to fall out of the habit of serving in, in your church, if you're not consciously remembering that you are serving the Lord Jesus Christ, our risen Savior. Lord, help us to keep that in mind. That's a big deal. Uh, you know, some, some of you, many of you have brought food for lunch today, uh, and, and you've done that because you, you were able to. You, you know, hey, if I don't bring food, we're not going to eat. But there's practicality to that. I understand that. Uh, you've, you've done that to be a help and encouragement to brothers and sisters in Christ. I want to ask you this morning, as, as you prepared food uh, and brought it into the church this morning, did you do that for the Lord Jesus Christ? Did you do that with that intention, with that heart, as part of your service uh, to him? I want to just encourage you to test your heart. Uh, think about that. And, and if not, say, Lord, help me uh, to bear in mind as I minister, as I serve However you give me opportunity to serve, to do it for you, uh, to do it for you. Uh, Paul says, hey, I, I, I'm an apostle of Christ. He, he's serving Christ. His message is about Christ. Uh, he's, we understand that, that as well, certainly. Uh, and, and he does all of this through and according to uh, the will of God. His ministry uh, was of Christ. It was enabled by him. It was for him. It was about him. Uh, and it is according to or consistent with uh, the will of God. I, we talk about this all the time, uh, and I counsel with people uh, a fair amount. How, how do I know uh, the Lord's will uh, for my ministry, where I should serve? So we talk about spiritual gifts. We don't have time to get into all that this morning. And uh, we talked about praying and, and asking the Lord to show you, Lord where, Lord, where would you have me to serve? And of course, we talk about how he'll give you peace to serve in one area, maybe, but not in another. If you don't have peace about something, you have to pray about that. Lord, would you have me do something else? But uh, where, where you can identify an, an area of service where God's given you a heart for that, uh, you have a peace about that. There's nothing unscriptural about it, nothing that would violate the word of God. God's given you peace. You know, you, you, can, you can start to be sure that you're, uh, you're serving in an area that is God's will for you um, at that time. May I ask you a question this morning? Is it important that your ministry be about Christ? Amen? Is it important that you minister in the will of God? Amen. It's God's will, if you're saved, baptized church member, that you have a place of service, but that that place of service be consistent with his will. And we do well pray about that. Uh, Lord, am I, am I serving you as I serve? Is, is my heart to serve my Savior, as, or am I just going through the motions of, of some kind of a ministry? And am I decently confident that I'm serving uh, in the will of God, a place that, uh, Lord, you have chosen for me and called me to, uh, whatever it is. It could be cleaning the restrooms. It could be vacuuming. It could be teaching. Uh, it could be preaching. It could be any number of things. But uh, have I really stopped and said, okay, Lord, I, you saved me. Uh, you, you've placed me to membership of a church. I, you give me a spiritual gift. I know you've called me uh, to serve. But have I really stopped to ask you, where would you have me to serve? 
Paul clearly is a man who was serving the Lord Jesus Christ with a heart that was yielded and steerable, if you will, uh, according to uh, the will of God. By the way, is it a mistake that this man, Sosthenes, his name appears here in this verse? You think that's a mistake? Zach, it just kind of made its way in there. You know, the Holy Spirit gave Paul some words, and he said, oh, Sosthenes writing these words down. I better mention him, too. I don't want him to feel uh, offended. Uh, I, 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 who is this man? Uh, who is this man? Well, it's very likely the one who had been the chief ruler of the synagogue uh, at Corinth, uh, when Paul had ministered there back in uh, Acts 18. Now, Pastor, do you know that for sure? I don't know that for sure, but I, I just rather suspect it is. We know that there was a chief ruler of the synagogue uh, back in Acts 18 when, when Paul was there preaching and people were being saved and uh, those saved people were being organized in, in, into a church assembly. We, we know uh, that, that this man was there in this same place uh, at that time. And so I, I think it's very likely, Pastor, can you insist? No, I don't know for 100% sure, but I think uh, it's very likely uh, that this man, uh, we know he's been saved uh, and he's serving uh, the Lord by uh, being Paul's sort of secretary, the technical term amanuensis, the one who's writing down the words as Paul is receiving them, as Paul is receiving them from the Holy Spirit, uh, speaking them forth, and, and this man has the wonderful privilege to serve Christ according to God's will uh, by writing down the words as, as, as Paul uh, speaks them forth as the Holy Spirit gives them. Uh, a man in, his, in, in the place where the Lord would have him to be serving, uh, it's just, I, I think that's, that's almost certainly the case. Here's a man who had been, if it's the same man, and again, almost certainly chief ruler of the synagogue. A man who uh, not only had, was not a Christian, but a man who was a, a, a leader uh, in, in the Jewish faith when, when Paul came to town. He's been saved, uh, and now he's serving the Lord, uh, no, no doubt, uh, no, no doubt exactly as God wants. May I ask you a question? Are you tempted sometimes to think, oh, that person can't be reached with the gospel. That person will never come to Christ. Uh, look, that person is so deep in some other faith or some other philosophy or system of thought. There's, there's no way uh, that if I, if I take the time to share the gospel, the truth with them, uh, that, that they're going to get saved and join a church and, and serve. It's just not going to happen, and so you don't, you don't bother. You ever feel that way? You ever been tempted to feel that way? No doubt you have been. Uh, I, I believe this is the same man who, who had been the uh, chief ruler of the synagogue, and he's been saved. Uh, he heard the gospel preached, evidently uh, has been saved, and, and now he's serving God. Anyone can be saved, amen, church? Anyone can be saved. Don't ever let the devil or anyone else or your own thoughts or your own heart lead you to believe that person is just too deep in some other thing. Uh, they're, they're not. Who's, who's the one that God has given this letter to? Who's the one? Who's, Zach, who's the one? It's Paul. What was Paul doing when he got saved? He's on the road to go persecute, no doubt, to kill Christians. And he got saved, uh, and now he's planting churches, leading people to Christ and organizing those folks into churches, uh, discipling them, writing God's words to anyone. Uh, anyone can be reached uh, with the gospel. Now Paul is uh, ministering and writing under the authority uh, of God. That's his authority. Uh, that's his focus. By the way, you share the gospel with someone, you go out and share God's words with someone, uh, you can know that, that you do that under the same authority. The Lord Jesus Christ commanded you as a member of a church to go uh, and, and teach the gospels. You've been commissioned by Christ 
uh, and you go under his authority, the same authority that Paul is ministering with. It's the authority of God. That, that's the first G. We better move along here. Uh, second G, uh, the group. Who is the group? Uh, to whom Paul is writing. Well, I think we've made that pretty clear, uh, Brother Mike, already this morning, but the group, second G, so it's for, number one, he's, he's writing under the authority of God, serving under God's authority, uh, writing under that authority to a group of people. Second G, uh, the group of people to whom Paul wrote is the church, <laughs> the church, uh, the church assembly, uh, which is at Corinth, the church uh, that, that he's planted. See verse 2. Uh, so it's verse 1, it's Paul writing, now verse 2, unto, would you read the next phrase aloud with me please? The church of God which is at Corinth. He's, he's not just writing to people who uh, are at Corinth, maybe they've been saved and you know they, they kind of do their own thing, they worship at home sometimes, they share the gospel. So, no, he's not. that's not who he's writing to. Uh, again, as I, I said last week, the, uh, the New Testament is radically local church oriented. Paul's sent by a church to preach the gospel and to organize new believers into churches, local churches, local assemblies of people. Now he's writing to one of them, the church uh, of God. He's ministering according to the will of God, now writing to the church of God, uh, which is at Corinth. By the way, what do you make of that phrase, church of God? Uh, it's of God, it's about him, it's for him, uh, it's established and sustained by him. Long Hill Baptist Church is of God, amen? It's of God. Uh, you, you can't know the full history of this church and not know that it's of God, that it's established by God and certainly sustained by God. This church uh, is, is just as much of God as the church at Corinth was of God. Uh, established by him, for him, about him, sustained uh, by him. Uh, you get saved and, and you get baptized into the membership of this church, uh, you're joining a group that, that is uh, established by God for uh, his purposes. This is the church age. This is the church age. God is working through churches uh, to accomplish his purposes. Uh, church, look up here, please. Please don't ever lose sight of that fact. Uh, I, I, I just, I'm absolutely convinced that part of the spiritual battle that we're in, devil trying to convince people, it's okay to be outside of church. It's, that's not God's plan. Amen? It's not God's plan. God has a church for everyone. He places you in a membership of that church, gives you a place to serve Christ according to his will as a member of a church. Please don't ever lose sight of that. It's not God's plan that we be outside of church. It's God's plan that we be active members serving Christ uh, according to uh, the will of God. May, may I share a few um, reminders about the history of the church at Corinth? That'd be okay. Uh, we're coming up on our uh, 66th anniversary uh, this coming spring. We'll, we'll remind you of some details about the history of our church uh, when we get there. But just a couple of quick uh, notes about the church at Corinth. Keep in mind, we're going to be spending a number of weeks here, uh, so it's, it's good to keep in mind. Corinth, of course, a uh, city in um, Greece, uh, in the uh, south of Greece, uh, it was the capital of the Roman, so Roman uh, Empire was, was the world power in the first century, right? Uh, Corinth was the capital of the Roman province of Achaia. That word shows up a lot in scripture, well, some in scripture. That would be the south of Greece. Uh, the Roman province in the north was Macedonia. If I quizzed you, some, some of you would, would know that. Uh, and so Paul had, had ministered there and um, preached the gospel there uh, back on his second missionary journey in Acts 18. Remember, he was sent. He said, okay, Lord. He, he, he went there amongst other places on his second journey, preached the gospel, uh, stayed there for a year and a half living with and, and working with. There was a couple there uh, who, who got saved there. They, they were Jewish people who had come out of Rome uh, when, the Rome, when the Romans had expelled the Jews from Rome for a time. Do you remember the name of that couple? 
Priscilla and Aquila, uh, right? So, so Paul ministered with them and they worked with him to establish the church there. Um, the church people were, you know, it seems like they were just people like us. Uh, they, they were uh, people largely who had come out of pagan backgrounds, false faiths, uh, some, some obviously who had been Jewish, who recognized, sure enough, Paul, Paul's preaching the Jewish Messiah, uh, who we had the privilege to see prophesied in Isaiah 52 and 53 in the Sunday school hour this morning. Uh, so it's, it's the church that Paul established on that second missionary journey, one of them, uh, that, that he had been sent by the Lord uh, to establish. He stayed there initially for about a year and a half, it would seem, uh, building up that church, teaching them the word of God, teaching them what it meant to be a church uh, for about a year and a half. Uh, and now the Lord is um, continuing to edify them, to build them up, to correct them uh, through this letter for them uh, and by extension uh, for us as well. But the group, uh, the group is a church. Uh, it's a church. It's the same church that the Lord had Paul uh, to establish. See verse 2 again. Unto the church, uh, the assembly, the individuals assemble together into a church assembly, the church of God, uh, which is at Corinth. He says, now, what's he doing in the, in the balance of verse 2 here? He's defining... Uh, some truths about the church members. They've been saved, they've been baptized, they're members of that church serving Christ according to the will of God the Father. But he shares some uh, reminders, some doctrinal truths that, you know, I think for the most part would be encouraging, but also a little bit convicting also, right? Uh, the word of God is compared to a sword, right? And it, the double-edged sword will cut both ways, right? Sometimes the same passage can encourage you, but also convict you, right? You ever get encouraged and convicted uh, by the same passage? Probably. Uh, probably. Look, look how he, he describes them in the second part of verse 2. He says, to them that are sanctified uh, in Christ Jesus, uh, called to be saints, what does it mean to be sanctified? It means to be uh, set apart. Uh, we understand the Bible teaches two kinds of or two aspects of sanctification: uh, to be made holy, to be set apart from sin, uh, in the eyes of God. Uh, that that sanctification we usually call positional sanctification. Brother, I don't want to get too deep uh, in, in doctrinally this morning, but that's important. We can understand that, right? Um, when you were, when you repent of sin and placed your faith in Christ. Uh, you, you took up a position of holiness in the, in the eyes of God the Father. Your sins uh, were covered by the blood of Christ, and you occupied a new position in which the God the Father now views you as, as holy uh, because the blood of Christ covers our sins. They're forgiven, they're covered, and, and he, he views us a, as holy, sanctified in, in that sense. He says, to them which are sanctified in Christ Jesus. That'd be wonderfully encouraging, this reminder. Hey, you've been forgiven. The moment you repented from sin and placed your faith in Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection, the gospel, uh, you were forgiven uh, and you were sanctified in Christ. You, you, were, you were made holy in, in the eyes of God the Father. Uh, they couldn't accomplish that themselves and, and neither could we. Uh, but, but Christ accomplished that. That'd be wonderfully encouraging. Uh, he says, and then he says, comma, called to be saints. Well, sanctification and saints have the same idea. Uh, saints are, are separated ones or, or, or holy ones. He said, listen, uh, don't forget, you, you, you've been made holy in the eyes of God the Father by God the Son, and you're, by grace and, and, and faith in him. Wonderfully encouraging truth. But it's almost like he says, uh, okay, so... Don't forget that, uh, remembering that, but don't forget you're called to be saints. You're called to be a people who act like the people that Christ made you to be. Yes, you occupy a position of holiness in the eyes of God the Father uh, positionally, but you're called to be a people who walk in that truth, who walk in that reality, uh, who walk according to that position. You're a people who are called to live out that position uh, practically. They were called to live a practically holy life. And I think you know this, church, we are too. Amen? Hello? Amen? 
We're called to live a practically holy life. That's God's desire. Now, we've been studying through the Old Testament uh, in the Sunday school hour and, and Wednesday nights, and you know, God always called his people to live obedient lives. And all the way through the Old Testament, all the way back to uh, Genesis chapter 3, what do you see? What do you, what do you see? People don't live a practical, holy life. They don't live according to the word of God and, and, and God's will and, and God's desire. They let the Lord down constantly in that regard. Uh, this, this past Wednesday night, I said, listen, uh, you, you don't get discouraged about that observation, right, Brother Ray, all the way through the Old Testament. Just remember, it points to the need for an answer to that disobedience, an answer to that sin. It's the Lord Jesus Christ, right? He, he covers all the disobedience. Uh, he covers all the disobedience. And by the way, his cross makes possible practical, holy living. Uh, Zach, the moment I put my faith in Christ, I understand the Bible teaches that I was indwelt by the Spirit of God, who, and that's permanent, right, who made me a new creature in Christ and whose strength is available to me to live the life that God has called me to live. I can't serve the Lord any other way. I can't, live, I can't obey the Lord any other way, but I'm literally indwelt by, empowered by the one who makes that possible. Church, is that right? Is that right? It is right. And so, yeah, we're, we're called to be saints, be people who live a holy, righteous life and enabled by our Savior, God the Son, and, and by God the Holy Spirit to obey uh, God the Father. Uh, Romans 12, uh, you just listen, make, make a note. Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, you probably remember these verses. Uh, Paul wrote, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye all of you, right, all of us, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, H-O-L-Y, uh, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to the world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that or so that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We go on and on and on, verse after verse, New Testament teaching us, Lord desires that we be yielded to him, that we be obedient to him, that we be looking to the Lord for power and strength to live out the position of holiness that God has uh, placed us into, to live that out practically, uh, practically. Brother Rich, when we do, I understand the Lord blesses us. He, he blesses us for that. He blesses us for that. Now, um, do you ever feel like when you get, you get a hold of this calling to live a holy life, do you ever feel like um, you're the only one or like there's like just 20 or 30 or 40 of us and, and, and no one else is paying attention to the Lord's call upon our lives to live a life that please him. You ever feel like, boy, you know, I don't know, we're, we're kind of like on our own little island here and nobody else out there is trying to live in a way that would be pleasing to God. Uh, why, why would I want to do that? I don't, I want people look at me thinking I'm some kind of weirdo, right? You understand what I mean? You ever, you ever feel that way? Um, you know, I, Understand God wants me to live a certain way. He wants me to separate from certain things. He wants me to look a certain way. He uh, wants me to act a certain way. He wants me to talk a certain way. He wants, wants me to think certain things, deal certainly. You know, I, if I start doing that, I'm going to be a lot different than a lot of people out there. People think I'm strange. Is that okay? Okay to be, is that okay? That's what God's called us to. Uh, Paul says, in the next part of the verse, I don't want you to skip over this because the Lord put it there and, and it's important. Um, he, let me read verse two again. He says, under the church of God, which is at Corinth. That's to whom he's writing. The people there are the ones that are sanctified, made holy in God's eyes in or by Christ Jesus. And people there are called to be saints, called, called to actually practically live out that position uh, into which Christ has placed them. And, and then the rest of the verse is... Uh, I understand it to be a very encouraging reminder that they're not the only ones. Uh, saved people have been placed into churches around the world at that time and around the world at this time. Uh, we're not alone in this. Uh, there's other churches out there that 
take care to receive God's words and to heed them and try to obey them, not in our own strength, but in God's strength. We, we are, in a sense, an, an island in the world, but, but we're not the only one. He says, with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs, he's theirs, and, and, and he's ours. Uh, there's other churches out there, church at Corinth, that uh, know about you, that care about you, that are, that are like you, that, that consist of people who ha have been saved by Lord Jesus Christ uh, and who are struggling to be the saints, uh, the holy ones that, that he's called us to be. Please know that you're not alone, uh, I think is, is the idea here. Are, are you helped uh, when you know that you're not alone in a certain kind of trial or challenge, church? Is it, is it helpful to you? You're going through something challenging and someone else comes alongside of you and says, hey, I, I know what you're going through because I've been through it. I'd like to be an encouragement to you. Is that helpful to you? Hello? Yeah? Amen. Paul says, listen, the Lord, Lord wants the church of Corinth to know, listen, uh, you're not alone. The things that you're going through, the challenges, there's other churches out there just like us. My church, your church, uh, Tuesday morning we had uh, like-minded people, as uh, far as I know, from, from six churches uh, who came together to encourage each other, uh, to pray together, uh, to eat together, uh, to fellowship together. Uh, there's other churches out there, not that far away, that aren't that different from us. There could be little differences, I understand that, but not that different from us. And they, they're going through many of the same things. But we come together and we can pray together and encourage each other uh, and, and lift each other up. Now, I want to be careful. Paul, Paul's not encouraging this sort of, you know, ecumenical cooperation between churches that don't share the same doctrine. He's not encouraging cooperation between churches that have a false gospel or uh, different, different faults. That's not what he's saying. He's, he's talking about like-minded churches that are sanctified in Christ Jesus. They have the same Christ, the same gospel, uh, the same doctrine. He's not encouraging cooperation across faiths or Anything like that. He just says, I want you to know that church at Corinth, there's people out there like you, other churches uh, going through some of the same things. Uh, that's good to know. That's encouraging to know. Uh, here in the church, you can find folks that are going through some of the same challenges that you are and be encouraged by them. Sometimes you look at your church and you say, I don't know, our church, our church seems like it's got a lot of problems and challenges well, no, you look around and find other churches in the New Testament, other churches uh, today uh, around us, like-minded churches that share the same struggles and challenges and burdens uh, and difficulties. Be encouraged that we are not the only ones. Paul's saying that to the church at, at Corinth, and uh, I believe the Lord would have it to us to receive the same uh, type of encouragement uh, this morning. We'll go just, uh, just one step further here, and then we'll pick it up, uh, Lord willing, after, after lunch this afternoon. Uh, I, want you, I want you to see his greeting. There's, there's another G, uh, his greeting. And let's just see here very quickly uh, kind of the core uh, of his greeting here. He says in, in verse 3, uh, he says, um, could we read the verse together, please? Verse 3, he says, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, listen, church, <laughs> church people who called to be uh, saints, uh, people who uh, have been sanctified, who uh, you, you have the right position before God the Father, but you're struggling to work it out practically. He says, listen, um, there is grace, uh, strength available uh, to you people who are at peace with God the Father uh, because of God the Son. There's, there's grace uh, and peace available to you from God the Father and from God the Son, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Um, I understand that grace is used in the Bible two ways. One is, has to do with salvation, right? Uh, I can't earn my forgiveness. I cannot earn my salvation. It's, it's undeserved by definition. Uh, I can't earn it through my good works. I can't earn it by being a good person. can't earn it by doing uh, good things. The Bible says salvation is by grace through what? Faith. It's undeserved. It only can be procured through faith. That's faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and the blood he shed upon the cross. That's what the Bible actually teaches. Everybody's running around out there thinking, I could be good enough. I can be religious enough. I can be baptized or serve a certain way and be right with God. That's not what the Bible teaches, is it? Say no. It's not what the Bible teaches. If you're not sure about that, we'll show you. We'll show you today. It's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches we're saved by grace through faith, undeserved favor through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's how you're forgiven. That's how you enter into a relationship with God the Father. Once you're in that relationship with God the Father, there's, there's grace in the sense of strength that is available to us to live the life that God has called us to live. Uh, we don't find it in ourselves apart from the Lord. We don't gin it up. We can't generate it. It's, it's available to us because the Lord is indwelling us. He, he's in us. He says, grace be unto you uh, and peace. Uh, I'm thankful this morning that because of my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, Brother Ray, I am at peace with God the Father. Uh, we're on the same team now. I'm part of, I'm part of his family now. Uh, we're at peace. We were not before I was saved, but, but now we are. Uh, and there's grace available to me from God the Father and from God the Son uh, to live the life that he's called me to live. Write down a cross-reference, if you would, please. Uh, Psalm 29 and verse 11. You can turn there if you want, but I just, I just want to read the verse quickly. Psalm 29 and verse 11. Um, the psalmist uh, writes uh, a promise from the Lord. He says, The Lord will give strength unto his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. Let's say amen. Um, do you need strength this morning from the Lord to live the way that he has called you to live, church? Yeah, we do. Uh, we struggle to live the way he's called us to live. All of us do. The pastor does. Everybody does. And so we, we confess when we transgress, when we break his word, when we disobey, he convicts and we agree, we confess. Lord, I agree. I, I disobeyed you there. Uh, Lord, I, I confess that. Uh, I look to you for grace. I look to you, Lord, for strength to turn from it, to repent, to forsake it, to leave it behind, uh, and, and Lord, to put off the sin and to put on obedience. And there's grace, there's strength available from the Lord to do that. Paul's going to deal with all kinds of problems in the Corinthian church, but he, he reminds them that they're not alone. There's other churches out there that care about them and are like them that are going through many of the same things. Uh, they're not alone in that sense. But they're also not alone in a more important sense. The Lord is with them. He's the one who will strengthen them to put off the sin that Paul's about to deal with and to put on obedience in its place. That was true for the church at Corinth and its members. It's true for this church, Long Hill Baptist Church, uh, and for our members as well. I'm going to stop there this morning. We'll pray. Uh, we'll head downstairs. We'll be back up here, Lord willing, at 1.30. I know some maybe can't be back at 1.30, but if, if you possibly can, I would like to ask you today, please stay for lunch if you possibly can. And if you possibly can, please join us back at, at 1.30. We'll finish up this message at 1.30 today and uh, get, get, you, get you out. Let's, let's stop and pray. Father, we do thank you, Lord, this morning uh, for uh, your word, for all of your words. Lord, thank you this morning for uh, the instruction and encouragement that we can take from, from just several verses. Lord, your word is quick. It's alive. It's powerful. Uh, you've said that that is true, and, and that's our experience. It is true. Lord, I thank you this morning that we can uh, look into just several verses and, and be encouraged. Lord, we need that this morning. I thank you. I thank you for that. Uh, Paul, thank, uh, Lord, I thank you this morning for Paul's 
um, encouragement that, that he ministered in, in your authority. Father, I pray this morning that uh, we just stop and consider that as we close this morning. Uh, Lord, am I, do I recognize that I, I'm called to serve uh, in your authority, to serve you and to serve according to your will? Uh, Father, I ask that you just search each of our hearts this morning and, and convict us. Maybe we're serving, but, but not with a heart and mind that is focused on serving you rather than just doing some service. Lord, maybe some need to uh, confess a different heart this morning and say, Lord, help me as I'm serving to serve with a heart that I'm serving you. Father, maybe others this morning have been convicted that um, I really haven't stopped and prayed maybe in some time or maybe never and asked you, Lord, how would you have me to serve you? How would you have me to serve you in, in this church? Lord, which is your church, a church of God. Father, would you help me to see where you would have me to serve? And Lord, would you help me to look to you for grace, for strength to carry out that service uh, to you? Maybe someone else needs to pray this morning. Lord, I've, I've served with the heart to serve you, and I've, I've prayed and served with the heart to serve according to your will, but I recognize I've been trying to do that in my own strength rather than, Lord, in your strength with grace from you. And so I'm going to confess that this morning and say, Lord, uh, help me stay faithful to you as I look to you for strength to serve you. Just encourage you this morning. Pray. Lord, show me what I need to pray this morning. Show me the business that I need to do with you this morning. Maybe there's someone else uh, here this morning uh, who would say, you know, I've, I've been in church a lot. Uh, maybe I've I, I read my Bible some, may, maybe a lot. Uh, I, maybe some would say, you know what, I, I believe I, I know a lot about the Lord but I'm not sure if I really have a saving relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not sure there's ever been a time that I've, I've stopped and made a conscious decision to turn uh, from sin to Christ uh, and place my faith in him. Bible says, um, repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. Bible says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth, Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart, God raised him from the dead, uh, thou shalt be saved, saved from the consequences of sin. Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Listen, if you're here this morning and you have never placed, consciously made a decision to place your faith in Christ, repenting of sin and turning to Christ, placing your faith in him, uh, those sins are not yet forgiven, but they can be. You can make a simple decision this morning. Lord, I'm turning to you, and I'm placing my faith in Christ and the blood that he shed upon that cross to be the basis for my forgiveness. Lord, I'm placing my faith in Christ this morning. I'll give you a moment to pray. Do whatever business that the Lord has laid upon your heart. We'll close. Lord, no doubt people have responded to your words this morning as you've led. Thank you so much for that. Lord, I pray that we not forget what we've heard here this morning. The need to serve. The need to serve our Savior. The need to serve according to your will and in your strength, not our own.
Father, others this morning may say, I have a a heart to live a life that is practically obedient, practically righteous, but I fail, and I fail, and I fail. Maybe some would say this morning, Lord, I I recognize that that's because I've been trying to obey in my own strength. Not trying to obey with strength, with grace that is from you. And so, Lord, this morning, I'm asking you to help me desire to obey your word and to do so in your strength for you. Well, I'm going to stop trying to do that in my own strength and ask you to help me do that in your strength. Grace that is available from you. Father, I know this morning that um, there's a peace that we enjoy when we're obeying you in your strength. I thank you for that peace this morning. It's a wonderful peace. It's a blessing. Lord, I pray that in the next hour you give us a good time of fellowship. Help us to be an encouragement to one another this afternoon. Lord, help us be right back here at 1.30. We continue um, in this passage. I pray that you use this passage, Lord, exactly uh, as you desire to use it here in our church today. Father, I love you. I thank you. I thank you for working in each heart this morning ask that uh, as we close with the song now that you just give us hearts to worship you. Help us to worship you in spirit and truth. And uh, we pray you be honored and glorified. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We pray all of this now in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Thank you for being here this morning. Zach, you come, please. Let's stand together if you're able to. We'll sing number 157, uh, I'll Fly Away. 157, I'll Fly Away. All right, let's please do stand, 157, and we'll sing the first and the last of I'll Fly Away, number 157. Some glad morning when this life is o'er, I'll fly away to a home on God's celestial shore. I'll fly away, I'll fly away, oh glory, I'll fly away. When I die, hallelujah, bye bye, I'll fly away. And the last, just a few more weary days and then, I'll fly away to a land where joy shall never end. I'll fly away, I'll fly away, oh glory, I'll fly away. When I die, hallelujah, by and by, I'll fly away. All right, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much again for opportunity to look into your word. I pray. As Pastor prayed that we wouldn't forget the words that we've heard today. Please do bless the fellowship to come in Jesus' name. I pray. Amen.